Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you don't want to know the score, listen away now. South Africa kebabbed in India. The bowlers lambs to the slaughter as Rohit makes Sharma of them. And the bowlers wrap up everything except an unexpected wagging tail. And the kebab shop subsequently gets closed by the health inspector. There's big trouble in little Karachi as Sir Fraz looks around and finds that all of a sudden there's no one left to shout at. And stick around till the end for exclusive Pavel Florine news. This is the Gorilla Cricket Podcast. Welcome to the Gorilla Cricket Podcast, the weekly podcast and the world's leading independent cricket commentary provider, Gorilla Cricket. We're recording on the evening of Thursday, the 24th of October, 2019, on day seven of the men's T20 World Cup qualifier. In fact, partway through Scotland's group game against Bermuda. There are no unbeaten teams, only two winless ones, and half the tournament are on four points. Listen back to last week's World T20 Qualifier Special that I recorded with Tasneem Summers of the Khan and Andrew Nixon to find out why this isn't actually that much of a surprise at all. But today we're back in the rarefied air of full memberland, where the living is easy, the art is rich, and Faf is good looking. But it's a haunted look in those piercing blue eyes as South Africa's captain moles over a 3 0 demolition job in India. I'm your host, Knuckle M. Pandey, and I'm joined by two friends who watched it all unfold before them. Live from Johannesburg, it's Simon Gearn and Pumut Luane from Gorilla Cricket South Africa. How's it, guys? Yeah, that, it's, 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 been, it's been a bruising few weeks, I'll tell you that much. Hi, Nuckle, how's it going? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I've been uh, watching the series and listening to uh, to you guys uh, and, you know, uh, someone of Indian origin, but certainly not an India an India fan anymore, but uh, someone who, um, trying to watch things for the cricket, I think it was a much more comfortable watch for me than it was for uh, for people of a proteer persuasion. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was quite something. I mean, we 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 were we headed out there with with, with trepidation for sure, um, but I don't think any of us uh, imagined in our worst nightmares it would be quite as bad as it was. It was very painful. <laughs> it was so painful. 
So South Africa now on consecutive tours have been uh, I think, uh, not quite whitewashed. In fact, they both lost both 3-0, but the, uh, the one in 2015 was a four-match series. One of those uh, tests basically washed out due to rain. Uh, but two very, very different series. Uh, the, uh, the last time caused uh, a lot of uh, debate about pitches and a bit of a tit-for-tat, really, with uh, uh, India producing or pitches being produced. It's never quite clear how much control boards have actually got. Uh, but uh, the pitches certainly turned sharply uh, from uh, from ball one throughout that series, so much so that uh, of uh, South Africa's current uh, squad, Dean Elgar is the leading wicket taker in uh, in <laughs> India. Uh, but this time, no no such uh, sharp turn. In fact, some of the pitches didn't really turn much at all until uh, day four or five. Um, and uh, I want to kind of start with South Africa's bowlers because uh, even as South Africa have lost. Uh, batting legends like A.B. de Villiers and Hashim Amla's performances dipped a little bit in the last couple of years before his retirement. South Africa have always been able to uh, perform well with the ball. Simon Harmer bowled very well last time in India, but uh, both the spinners and the seamers got resolutely uh, outperformed by their Indian counterparts. Yeah, no, cool. I mean, th- this was something that uh, I think bothered us a lot. Um, you know, particularly our seamers, uh, I think averaged 70, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, whereas the Indian seamers averaged 17. Um, and there's there's been a little bit of a sense in our commentary team that, that KG Rabada has just been off his best for, for about 10 months now. There's, he's, he hasn't quite looked the threat that, uh, that he did um, you know, this time last year uh, and, and has been off the boil for, for quite a while. Um, but, you know, he, him aside... Um, uh, it, there, was, there was just nothing there. There was there was no teeth at all. I mean, Vern Philander bowled very very economically, but never really looked mm-hmm. like taking a wicket. It was it was the length. I think South Africans bowl tend to bowl a lot, a slightly short of a good length. Um, in, in general, because of what we what what the, what we face, the conditions we face at home, and we just kept bowling that length, and it wasn't good enough in terms of bringing the Indian batsman forward. If you watched the lengths that Shami and Umesh Yadav bowled, they were very very full. Um, and to a certain extent, you can say, yes, Kachiso was slightly off the ball. He was the best bowler we had on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because you can see he's coming, Nasseli was coming back uh, to some sort of a, a semblance of form, but just he needed help on the other end. Um, and it, there's a lot of questions as to, you know, how the team identifies the length and then executes it. Because um, I do think the identification happened. Um, but the question was, did you then try? Because there was lots of there were lots of near misses. There were lots of edges that uh, didn't catch, didn't carry to slip. Um, some edges went straight through um, a third slip region that was vacant. Um, and so, you know, it, the, the seam is really, really disappointed with the the lack of adaptation over three uh, test matches. It took them the third test match to make India play at eighty percent of the balls. Um, and, and, and for me, that's, that's really, really disappointing when you have uh, 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 an example with the Indian seamers on how to bowl on this pitch. Um, and they just never just got it right. Mm. And I mean, this is an Indian side that is, just doesn't look anything like the Indian sides you know, that all of us grew up watching. Um, I, I mean, bear in mind, Jasper Bumra didn't even play at all in this, in this series. And he was unplayable in the West Indies. Um, uh, Sharma and Yadav bowled absolutely beautifully uh, in the uh, in, in this in this most recent test, and um, and and really did show our guys up. 
Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of soul searching and we're also casting around a little bit. Um, uh, but, you know, for, for us to have such grave doubts about our seam attack is a very, very new feeling for, mm-hmm. for, for South Africans. Yeah, for sure. It uh, reminds me a couple of, of a couple of England's recent away tours where Jimmy Anderson bowled very well in, in Australia in the last Ashes in India on the on on the last tour, as did Stuart Broad actually in, in India. Uh, but just with so little support at the other end, you could afford to uh, India could afford to to play out Vernon Philander. They could afford to play and miss a few times at KG Rabada. And as you say, it's not as though there weren't chances with the new ball in particular. I thought at Vizag in particular, which was probably the the, the quickest of the three pitches, uh, Rabada did cause the Indian top order problems. I mentioned Rohit in my in my intro. He and Man Kakarval both uh, played and missed and edged through uh, through um, sort of vacant gully and slip positions early mm. in their innings but it was uh, but because the the backup bowling wasn't there you know South Africa rotating uh through um sort of third seamers you know Nokia's only just come into the team in fact made his debut during this series and Gidi's only just coming back to uh, to full fitness and then pretty much with every spinner they seem to be able to put on the park just none of the, none of Maharaj or Pitt or Mutasami uh or Linda were able to uh exert any control Mm-hmm. Yeah, Linda of the of the four, I thought actually Linda bowled quite nicely in this most recent test. Um, and and Keshav was what Keshav is. You know, I, I, he thought, bowled exactly I, I thought I thought Maharaj was just was a bit unlucky. You know, he went for a hell of a lot yeah. of runs, but just uh, because uh, you can trust him to a certain extent, he just had to bowl those overs, and sort of the runs happened mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. But um, I think our real concern was um, was was Dan Pete. Mm. Um, this was a guy who bowled 500 overs in the domestic season. Took 50 the, wickets and was just at sea um, yeah. in, in India. Um, and I think largely the issue was also the, the balance of the side wasn't favoring Puff. Um, South Africa always used to having that third seaman and Vizag, that was showing up very quickly. Mm. Um, because after the first hour, with all those plays and misses, it was now spin for the rest of the, for the, rest of the innings. Um, and it, it it was just it was it was disappointing to see what necessarily the domestic the, the best the highest wicket taker in the domestic scene not actually getting any joy um, in in conditions that would have favoured him and 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 I think Dane Pete really really I I I don't know like somebody needs to ask him what happened but from where we were were sitting it was it looked like he had he it looked like he wasn't even he didn't even go on the spin camp. That happened a couple mm. of weeks before the tour. It's, it was just, um, it was really disappointing. Yeah, and, and I mean, I was quite, I was quite looking forward to seeing Senator uh, Mutasami, uh, you know, who had bowled recently well, also domestically, he was new, new face for many of us. We hadn't really seen a hell of a lot of him, and he just got smashed. I mean, there was, <laughs> he, he, he didn't look like he belonged at that level at all. I, I have to say, watching, watching pitch, you can kind of, you can kind of break spinners down into from hand to pitch and from, from pitch to, to batter, and you know, pitch to batter is. Uh, that's a little bit harder to control. And you, you know, you're going to get sometimes that can be a function of what time of the innings you're bowling at and what pitches you're playing on. Those things aren't in your control. But looking at from hand to pitch, the things that a bowler can um, can control. Uh, I got this sense in 2015, and I kind of got the same thing again. Dan Pierce just doesn't he doesn't quite complete his action. He doesn't put enough body into the uh, into his deliveries. He's sort of just trying to put it there and hope for the best. And mm. uh, and. Pretty much, and he wasn't even able to do that once uh, because he was coming into situations where uh, against set batters. And if the pitches were like they'd been in 2015, or like they were at times during 
Australia's Tour of India when they were turning very sharply through that Pune pitch where Steve O'Keefe took uh, six wickets in each innings. You know, you can just put the ball there and hope for it to do something, but you've got to have a lot more than that on what were pretty true and at times sort of flat pitches. And just just looking at that, he, just the fact that he, he doesn't quite complete his action, I thought Muthasami, um certainly, I think pretty much until he got that slightly lucky wicket of, of Virat Kohli in the first innings, kind of the same, <laughs> and then just sort of regressed into that. Uh, again, into sort of not really completing his action and just kind of putting it there and 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 hoping, but um, and then India had enough uh, patience and enough, I think, enough sort of belief that they weren't going to be troubled that they could just wait and wait and wait and wait for the bowlers to tire and then just mm-hmm. and then and then accelerate. And you saw that with Virat Kohli's um, double hundred in uh, in Vizag. Um, you know, once he got through the the early part, it just you could see him almost click and think. Right, no one can trouble me. Yeah, and uh, yeah. In fact, I think he scored his second hundred at about eighty balls or something. Yes, he, he did. Yeah. Um, the thing about it was there was um, the. It seemed as though each innings had a a four, by the forty over mark, it got easier to bat on. Hmm. Um, and the the Indians just just climbed into the South Africans from that point on. Um, and with Dane Pete, the thing about Dane Pete, which is surprising, is that he bowls on pitches that don't give him assistance in South Africa. Mm. And he took that clump of wickets. Um, and it, it, it says it says a lot about the, 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 the quality of the batting in our domestic setup. If Dane Pete, who doesn't rip the ball at all, mm. um, can take about 50 wickets. Um, and it was just, <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. I didn't think Senor and Mutisami should have gone on tour. Um, there's another Dolphins spinner in that team who's a right-arm off-spinner. Because I kept on, I, I had a problem with the fact that we had uh, three left-arm spinners, effectively, if you include Dean Alga, mm. in the side. Um, and I wanted, I wanted either a, a leg spinner or even someone who was of some sort of an unorthodox fashion, like a Tabrash Ramsey, mm. um, to come on tour and, and see what they do. But I think the balance of the side, with the batting as weak as it was after the Sri Lanka tour, there was no way they would have uh, let go of a, a spinner who can, who, who can bat. Yeah, look, I think also, um, you know, the point was made during, during the test series, uh, a tweet came in about how what we forget in India is that, yes, it's... It's supposed to be spin-friendly conditions, but you're also bowling against the best players of spin in the world. And so if you look historically at guys like Muralitaran and Warren, they all averaged over 40 in India. None of, none of them really shot, the, shot their way through through Indian, Indian lineups. I mean, I think the really, really humbling thing was, you know, you'd watch our spinners labor, you know, naught for 100, and then, uh, <laughs> and then it would switch around, and we would watch Ashwin and Jadeja, and it, I mean, it, it looked like men playing with boys. Um, you know, I mean, yes, they are, you know, top world, world-class bowlers. And it's not maybe fair to, uh, to compare them like for like with our guys. But it, didn't, it looked like they were playing a different game. Well, you, you can make the comparison in the sense that I, I did some, some stats for a, for a piece that I wrote about Ashwin and Jadeja in, in Asian conditions versus, uh, versus uh, the global average of spinners and... Um, you know, while I think Indian pitches have probably got more responsive for bowlers than they were in the early 2000s when Warren and Murali were were touring, and possibly I think the 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 comfort level and the um, the sort of sheer disdain for spinners is not quite there among uh, players of the current and and recent vintages than it than it was before. I think because of that, uh, mm. still uh, Ashwin and Jadeja average about a third better than uh, than the global average. Uh, now, obviously, South Africa 
uh, South Africa's spinners, um, you know, even worse than that. So kind of um, compared to how Jadeja and Ashwin uh, bowled. So um, it, this, you know, it wasn't a case of, you know, really good spinners against average spinners. I think South Africa ended up with Maharaj. I think is a really good bowler, but uh, he he was left with really no. He had no support whatsoever, as you say, and then uh, Pierton with the Sami and uh, Linda, to a slightly lesser extent, were just not up to the just not up to the task. And well, Paul, you've been you've mentioned domestic cricket a couple of times. We'll come on to to that because it was raised by by Faf Duplessis uh, in his post series press conference. But uh, Jadeja and Ashwin also able to to benefit from the from the brilliance of Amish Yadav and Mohammad Shami and and Ishant Sharma. There was um, some been some comparisons made between Jadeja and Ashwin's performances and Harbhajan and Kumble's performances and what is while the, there are metrics on which one set of spinners does better and metrics on one on which one set of spinners does worse uh, what is inarguable now is that India have got um, the best pace attack they've ever had mm-hmm. yeah I mean the, the, their pace attack was phenomenal um, and and as I said, I mean, in many ways, a, se- a second string pace attack. But this is this is the most balanced Indian team I've ever seen. Um, you know, and uh, you know, a, 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 a batting. I mean, we never even saw what their tail batted like because we never got there. <laughs> but, but, it's true, but actually. They're, they're, in Australia, South Africa never actually bowled out India, which I I, yeah. I didn't get a chance to pull to work out whether that actually ever happened in a three test series before. But but yeah, kind of yeah, it, I mean, you never got past they're, your they're, danger. There were a couple of declarations by Cody that were clearly to taunt us. I think, <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, this is this is an Indian side now. I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing mm. them um, come into tour here again with a fully fit Bumra and um, you know to, to 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 get back to well, we've seen them win in Australia. Um, you know that, that that Australian win was not a, a flash in the pan. Um, this this is this is a team that is going to be uh, you know early two thousands Australia level of dominant. I think for uh, for a good few seasons. Many people would think that, and I probably in one of them, they wasted a couple of opportunities in when they were in South Africa at the start of 2018 and in England as well. You know, it's England you know, beat a really good team 4-1 and, and bowled brilliantly. I think at, at times Anderson and, uh, in particular were, and, and Stuart Broad too were, were superb. Uh, Mo and Ali showed his, his value at various times during that during that series. But, you know, that series could have been other than it was. I thought they took a little bit too long to get into that South Africa series. But it, perhaps... You know, it's almost it, but it's come to something when you know India are disappointed about uh, about losing a, a, a tight series two one. You know, they kind of from the start of the mm-hmm. year being very, very de- being absolutely delighted to win in Joburg uh, to kind of absolutely going to Australia and expecting to to win. And yes, Smith and Warner were gone, but the, I, I, the, that kind of dominant that kind of dominance that that Australian team showed under under War and Ponting. You know, who knows? Um, that kind of thing is not something I want to. I'd want to predict. But India, I certainly will say that India have all the uh, the tools and 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 strength and depth as well uh, as you say. I just want to kind of highlight Umesh Yadav, who um, is one of those rare fast bowlers who's more effective in India than he is outside of India. And you know, Mpo, you were talking about the length. I think it's because of the lines as well. He bowls incredibly mm. straight. He bowls at the Top wickets all the time. Or, or kind of top of the ins- top of the inside of off stump. Yes, Puff knows a lot about that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But... <laughs> as does as does Temba Bavuma, who uh, found some rather inelegant positions to end up in. Um, where next for Temba Bavuma? I, I I have been a huge fan of his for 
for a long time, but the the numbers aren't there yet. And how long? How long does how long <laughs> does he have? And and where? You know, he his career is in a quite an interesting position. Mm. Yeah, I think the, the, that's the conundrum because CSA have seen him as a leader, named him as vice captain before this test tour, and so you're in a situation where. Fuff can't necessarily move on in this transition period with Timber being off form. Um, and so I do think that this test series is a reckoning for him. Um, that um, he, the, the, the England one, that he needs to um, try and get some sort of runs um, to give him his confidence. But I don't think Timber's confidence comes off of what he does um, on the bat. I think Timber's is is okay with that. He just he understands even in that tough press conference that he had um after in the Pune test where they pretty much asked him they pretty much told him that his average is not good enough for international cricket. And he flat out said, Yes, I know that. Yeah. Um and he knows that his currency is runs. Um but the question is um what must happen when you've earmarked him to be your your future captain, but he cannot bat. I do think the pos- Moving him to four was too was was a position too high. He's a number five batsman. He needs to understand that and needs to work that. Yes, domestically bats at four, but you can you can uh, put that down to the quality of of of, of that lines uh, lineup, which has Rassi van der Dissen and Reza Hendricks inside there. Mm. Um, but um, he just need, I think this England series he needs to get uh, runs under his belt because if he doesn't get runs, um, it will take a very long time for this transition to occur. Um, especially with Faf, because Faf, I think he's looking to not be playing test cricket by the time we go to the West Indies next year. Mm. In fact, I mean, this was something that um, that we, we were talking about earlier today, Knuckle, that um, I got the distinct impression through this entire series that Faf probably wanted to uh, retire after the World Cup, um, but was, I, I mean, this is pure conjecture. I mean, I've got nothing to back this up other than what I've looked at. Um but but I got the sense that you probably you know he he realised he couldn't leave the team without Dale without Hashamla um, um, you know and and then suddenly him as well he had to stay on but he didn't he really didn't look particularly like he wanted to be there I mean I think he's still our our, our strongest batsman but it's it's a real concern with with Timber Bavuma because um, in many ways he's he's undroppable uh, you know there are so many broad hopes around him and South Africa desperately needs a black African specialist batsman. Um, it's, it's an incredibly symbolic role, but uh, the longer he goes without big runs, uh, the more the pressure is going to pile up on him. So Tamba Bavuma's ability to, to bat time and his, uh, and his, you know, his ability to score tough runs are very useful. It seems to me in a, in a team with the rest of the batting lineup is, uh, is functioning in particular the top order, but he's about to. We're about to have, or as I about to have this Christmas, we're about to have um, a, a good England attack. You know, whatever you want to say about the about the batting and how much uh, the batting may struggle against Rabada and Nokia and Ngidi and 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 Werner Freelander. The it's a it's a there's a lot of good seam bowlers in in that England group, um, and potentially. Um, certainly, if they if they get the kind of pitches we've seen in South Africa over the last few years, someone like Timber Bavuma averaging the in the low thirties could actually be really valuable. Um, yes, and and that's where his value has been in the side. Um, yes, his average is about thirty two, but if you look at the runs in which Timber scores, they've always been when South Africa has been ten for three, mm. um, been in really really hot, sticky wickets, and he's gotten them out. 
And look at the 100 partnership he had with Tennis Brennan in Sri Lanka when everything was falling apart and him and Tennis like held onto that ship uh, to try and give some sort of a respectability to the scoreline. Um, he reminds me of Ashwell Prince in terms of the fact that Ashwell Prince's value came when South Africa was in trouble. It never came when South Africa, when he comes in at 300 for three and South Africa are trying to assert their dominance. Um, and to a certain extent, if that's his role, and that's and, and that's going to come down to the new coach, if that's the role that Timber needs to play on the side, I'm all happy for it. If Timber comes at four, he needs to make he needs to make the play. He needs to um, force uh, opposition bowlers to bat to to him um, and try and uh, and 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 get runs um, at a quicker interval. But the thing about Timber is it's his conversion rate. He is as quick. He gets to thirty. Um, the quickest amount of time, and, and then um, in that squad, um, uh, in that test side, um, with uh, I think it's one every game and a half. Uh, he gets to 30 every game and a half, uh, whereas the average is about two and a half games. Um, but the problem is his conversion from 30 onwards to 100, he averages about 70, whereas guys like Aidan Markram average 100. Um, if you look at, want to compare him to a guy like JP Germany, JP Germany averaged 90 uh, whenever he got past 30. So the 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 the, the question of is obviously Timber's conversion, um, but the 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 trick is if Timber's going to bat at five, he'll be the stopgap. If he's going to bat at four, he needs to assert his dominance on the bowling attack, which I think at international level it's a level too high, um, because um, I, fundamentally I think I think we've got a lot more quicker and more agile batsman, um, if you could use that word, and who can try and put a bat at four in a, in a much quicker rate and a much a better way rather than uh, Timber trying um, at four. Well, do you think, I mean, do you, sorry, important, I mean, do, do you think that South Africa can give up the dream of, a, of, of him as this, this first black African specialist batsman? Look, somebody explained this to me like um, a couple of, that batting at four is like your number 10. Mm-hmm. In football, it's yes. your. That's why I've read Curly Steve Smith always yeah, said yeah, it. Yeah. Timber is not that in the side. Yeah. He is a specialist batsman, and he's a black African. Mm. But Timber's role is at five. Mm. Um, he can bat at four if your batting lineup is the Graham Smith era batting yeah, lineup. Yeah, okay. Um, but I, I do think that. See, everyone thought that he could be. In that mould, but mm. it's not it. And mm. I, he averages thirty-eight batting at five. I think, I, he, I think he, actually, yeah, he does. And I think he can have an incredible career for South Africa, captaining the side, batting at number five, mm. and just being the guy we know. If we're in trouble, Timber will sit in bad time. Mm. Not, uh, not too dissimilar away from what Ajinkya Rahane's role in the Indian team was for. A, for a long period of time, he, you know, Rahane would for a long time just never really score runs or in uh, on on flatter pitches. You know, he he famously he averaged for a, for a couple of years his average was in the twenties in India. But uh, you go away and and find yourself in a hole, and suddenly Ajinkya Rahane uh, stands up. But uh, and his and his contributions, people said, oh, he doesn't win games. But then suddenly, when the top order starts firing, Pujara Scott's scoring hundreds and Kohli Scott's uh, starts scoring hundreds. Rahane's um, Rahane's ability to be to be solid suddenly becomes uh, becomes immensely valuable, and in India start winning games. But so who are so South Africa kind of need to find a top order player, someone who who did come into the into the team in Pune, uh, batted at three and batted very fluently. Zubair Hamza. Mm. 
yeah, I mean, we're really excited about this guy. Um, he's he just looks the part. Um, he's a uh, I was going to say he's youngster. He's not really. He's like mid late twenties, isn't he? Yes, um, uh, about twenty six. Yeah, but he he just he he's you know he's he's um, he, he's done his time at the domestic level. Scored plenty of runs um, and is definitely ready to step up. So so he's uh, he's the one guy. Um, the other guy that we're that you know we're, we're, we've all been talking about is Rassi van der Dissen, who um, is has made a, a, a place for himself in the in the white ball um, game, but he really is a red ball cricketer, and I think he's wasted on on T20s mm. and ODIs and and <laughs> and the 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 sort of view in social media in South Africa at the moment is is they've got to get Rassi into this team sooner rather than later. Yes, um, and the thing with Rassi is that Rassi's been playing domestic uh, four day cricket. For ever since I think for about ten years. Ten now. years, yeah, he's got a hundred games. Yeah. Um, yes, and and it it would be the type of selection you'd want to see, rather than picking Aidan Markram. What hadn't played had played like a handful of four day games before he was selected. Mm. Um, Zubair Hamza, you know, it did, did his time, and you can see the fruits of that. Even the the initial start of Timber's career, who had done his time in the domestic scene, um, and so I do think it's it's where the selectors need to go. You need to find guys who are journeymen mm. um, to try and solidify this um, this this batting lineup. J- journeyman seems a very harsh uh, harsh <laughs> term for for. I think what you're talking about is you know there is no substitute for which for. You know, you learn how to bat by batting uh, in a yeah. in a in a very yes. reductive sense, which it kind of makes Rohit Sharma's success at the top of the order all the more remarkable. You know, I uh, again, for my own uh, for, for a piece, I was looking into how much he'd actually opened in, in first class cricket. Obviously, he has a, a huge body of work uh, at the top of the order in one day cricket, but he'd only ever opened uh, three times in in first class cricket. All of them in the second innings, where Mumbai needed quick runs, and you know. Certainly, this level of performance is not sustainable. But if any level of performance is sustainable, and he goes on to become uh, a good Test opener, it'll be it'll be an incredible achievement and one that probably isn't replicable. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Zubair Hamza, only 24 years old, and he's already played 57 first class games. Rossi van der Dussen, uh, he's 110 first class games. He's 30. Van der Dussen was was impressive, kind of amid the wreckage of South Africa's World Cup campaign. Mm. So what? So then, going looking forward at that England. Tour, you've got you've got Markham and Elgar at the top of the order. You've got Quinton de Kock probably batting seven, maybe six, if you want to play play five bowlers. So what's your what's your batting lineup going into that uh, going into that first test? Well, I mean, it's interesting you put Markram in there so confidently. There's, uh, there's certainly a body of opinion in South Africa that maybe he needs to step down for a little bit and find mm. himself. Um, okay, well, Dean Elk is definitely there. Yes. Uh, who do you want to put in as number two? Um, well, it, well, you can put Aidan Markham, and I think everyone's going to put him in because he averages 48 at home. Mm. Um, but I do think that he needs time away from the game, and he needs to play a lot more domestic games. He is injured. He injured his wrist, and he's not playing in the Mzanti Super League. So if Well, Aiden and Markham... a ball injured his wrist. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Um, yeah, he was cruelly <laughs> mugged by an inanimate object. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, if you are looking for an opening partner for Dean Alga, uh, Peter Malan, who's played over 100 um, first-class games as well for the Cobras, I think he's a great uh, fit inside. There's a young, up-and-coming guy who's also played about 30 first-class games, Ed Moore. He plays for the Warriors in, in the Eastern Cape, I think. He could be getting a, a a run in the side. I think he should be given. Uh, Peter Malang's younger, younger brother, 
who came shot up to prominence in the Mzansi Super League, uh, Yanaman. He's a very, very quick scorer. Um, and um, he averages in the, in the 40s as an opener um, in domestic cricket. So I think there, there's a lot of guys around there who can come in and open. Uh, also, remember, Rasi van der can also open. He started his cricket as an opener. Mm. So there's, a, there's an option there. Um, at three, you probably have Zubair Hamza mm-hmm. um, for what he's done. I think four unanimously will be Faf, um, because it, even though he looks like he doesn't want to be there, he, he I think he'll relish the challenge mm-hmm. of facing Archer and Broden Anderson. Um, and then five, Timber Bavuma. At, if he doesn't work out this, season, this series, I don't think he should go to the West Indies. Um, and then at six, if Quinton's holding the gloves at seven, because I think at home we play with four, with, with four bowlers, uh, Rassi van der Dissen at six. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, if you want another fifth seamer, you can put in a Vian Mulder. I think he needs an extended run in the side as a as a bowling all rounder because his batting average is is way higher than Andy Lepetlua's average. Um, and then, um, but, but does but does Vian Mulder, Vian Mulder offer enough to be uh, to be able to bowl the the number of overs that South Africa will need him to compared to? Say someone like Andile Petlakwai, or I suppose the time has I gone think, for Chris Morris. I think he would. I think he's Otis. The, this was Otis Gibson's project. Mm. Um, Mulder was the Otis Gibson's second love child after Kahiso. Um and I, I think watching him um, over th- this year, I've, I've I've kind of felt that he's more of a bowling all rounder that can wield the bat. Um, and in that India, he played for SAA in the in the three day game in against the President's Board eleven, and he scored a hundred and it was in like a hundred and fifty on partnership with Aidan Markham, and that was when I realized that this man's now he's now taking that step up. Um, so yeah, but Andrew Pesuguayo's four day stats aren't that great. Um, he's very inconsistent with the ball because he likes to he has he likes to ball a, a wide a wide variety of balls which doesn't work. He doesn't have a stock ball that he, he can bowl. And we did try that experiment against Bangladesh, and he just never came right either with bat or ball. So um, he's, uh, I think if he has a great season this year domestically, I do think possibly next year, June, in the West Indies, if Vern's also having the itch um, to kind of leave the team, you might then start considering him. Um, and then, obviously, Quinton at seven would, would work in this in this lineup, especially if you're going to be facing Broad, Anderson, and um, and Archie, you kind of need a slightly longer lineup. And then uh, our quicks are, it's Vern, uh, Keshav, if he's fit. If he's not fit, George Linda would happily uh, mm. fit that role. Um, then Kahiso and between Lungi and Anrith Nokia, um, that's just going to be a question on fitness, I think, between the two of them because they're injury prone. Yeah. Oh, no, it was an interesting one we observed. With, you know, Nokia was burning at 150 k's an hour um, uh, at, at, at times in India, but didn't look nearly as dangerous as Archer looks when he's bowling 5 k's an hour slower than that. Um, there's just something about Archer that just, just looks so much more deadly than, than, than Nokia, and I can't quite put my finger on it. Some of it might be pictures, of course, but uh, I, I, I can't think, wait to see both of them. Yeah, I think at times Andrik Nokia bowled, when he was pitching it up, he looked a little bit floaty every now and again. He was occasionally uh, going a little bit wider, but a little bit wider of the stumps than he needed to be. And being cut or driven away, Manka Garval in particular uh, was uh, was very keen to put him through the covers and away through uh, through backward point as well, just opening the face. But you know, he hit Manka Garval on the head a couple of times. He uh, he did 
demonstrate that ability to get to get bounce on 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 quick. That Vizag pitch was not slow, but it wasn't particularly quick. Um, mm. And perhaps um, perhaps on 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 pitches where you don't need to strive for that little bit of extra um, pace, and you uh, he may well be very very effective. I think, um, but but yes, I, I it's it's going to be. It's going to be a really interesting series. Potentially another bowler-dominated series, which which seems to be the case in uh, in in most of Test cricket these days, which should make for a really fun uh, series. But uh, we're jumping a little bit um, far uh, far ahead with that one. We'll um, probably try and do a, a series preview for that uh, nearer uh, nearer the time. Of course, uh, uh, we'll be covering every single ball uh, of England's tour of South Africa. So I want to move on to some of the comments that Fuff made about. Uh, about sort of the root causes of uh, of where South Africa find themselves with their with their cricket at the moment, it was while refreshing to hear a opposition captain not talk about pitches. Uh, in fact, mm. a captain full stop not talk about pitches. I think that's that's pretty tiresome. Um, in fact, inter- it was kind of interesting. Actually, Virat Kohli was one of the few. Uh, actually, was the one talking about conditions and pitches with this slightly weird call for having India having only five test venues so that opposition teams can prepare uh, better which is a, which is a almost piss takey thing to say uh, <laughs> frankly and the kind of thing you can say when you've won a series 3-0 but uh, Faf said that uh, South Africa's domestic structure uh, is not is not good enough players who come out of international cricket don't play enough first class cricket to, to have a core of experience for younger players uh, to learn from that South Africa didn't prepare well enough for the Imminent uh, departure of uh, Del Stain, Moni Morkel, Abi Davidias, Hashim Amla, um, and I, I will get your your thoughts on that in a moment. I think they're all fair, but just to editorialise, he then um, made this link between between Colpac and and Brexit, and saying that Brexit might stop Colpac. I mean, you know, we're we're in the middle of of massive Brexit uncertainty, and who knows what? Who knows? Nobody knows whether it's going to happen uh, or when, but uh, so that's that's a that's a uh, a podcast for an uh, a topic for an entirely separate podcast. One I have no interest in hosting or listening to. Uh, but uh, um, but even even taking that comment as read uh, and with the with the caveat that it might not actually be true, given some of the given the uh, the Cotonou agreement uh, uh, expiration next year, which is the actual piece of legis- legislation that enables. This route, uh, this this seems to be um, it, it's a little worrying to hear to hear Faf talking in those uh, in those terms. Yeah, I mean, I think the the Colpec thing, um, you know, I mean, I, the, I, I really don't blame any player who who, who takes a Colpec. I mean, it's a, it's a business, and you must you must look after yourself. Um, but I definitely think if that door closes, uh, it is obviously going to make it much, much harder. And guys are going to be uh, forced to really try and build careers here in South Africa. Uh, and I think that will mean, uh, I mean, it has, it has to mean an improvement in, in our, in our first-class structures, I would have thought. Um, I, I don't think it will. Um, I honestly do think that um, the guys who take Colpac necessarily, yes, they, they are there and thereabouts. But a lot of the guys who took Colpac left South Africa after the fact that they were tried in the test team and then didn't, it never worked out. Mm. So, for instance, Simon Hammer, the greatest offspin in the world, he was pushed <laughs> out by Keshav Maharaj. Yeah. Um, on and it was a straight shootout. It wasn't. It wasn't any other unforeseen things. He was pushed out. Um, and to a certain extent, 
Um, there are some guys who've taken callbacks who you'd want to have them again or have them back. And to an extent, the greatest offspin in the world would have won. I don't think it would have done badly mm. um, in India. Well, but- Simon Harmer did quite well in India last time, and I think he's a better bowler now. You know, I talked about Dan Piet not completing his action. I think Simon Harmer really does put a lot of body into into his action. Mm. Um, I still think Kesha Maharaj is probably a slightly better test bowler, but Simon Harmon now, having having mm. had all this experience, mm. maybe um, um, the, I mean, one, the ones that we talk about here are, you know, Dwan Lafir and Carl Abbott. Mm. I mean, I... I, I I want to make something clear. When I said that I think that it'll it'll improve it'll improve the system, uh, weirdly I wasn't actually talking about those guys making it into mm-hmm. the test team. I think um, we you know, we saw the Australians shoot themselves in the foot when they put an age cap on their um, on their uh, their state games, um, where uh, it meant that you got rid of a lot of the sort of old uh, old hands who were able to teach the youngsters and challenge the. So, youngsters so this is a this is a second team and at grade cricket. Levels or the level directly yeah. below um, the Sheffield Shield. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that one of the th- what, I think what Fap was getting at is not necessarily that we're missing Carl Abbott and Simon Harmer and Dwayne Olofia in the Test eleven, but we miss those guys playing week in and week yes. out at bowling at our young batsmen. Um, mm. You know, being in the dressing room with our young bowlers. That's that's what we're missing in our first-class system yeah. at the moment. And also the fact that the pro-tier players don't play domestic cricket mm. um, in South Africa, whereas like when you're, when the counter season starts in April, um, Joe Root and the rest of the gang are playing for their counties. Mm, and a little. It, Joe Root might play it, one yes. game a year. But that one game is fine because you're part of that. You're part of that Yorkshire team. Kahiso Rabada has not played for the Lions in four-day cricket. I think ever since he started playing for the Proteus, which doesn't make sense because you kind of want those Proteus players to come back and try and strengthen for some weeks um, that domestic tier mm. um, because people aren't learning what the international standard is. Because they're not playing against guys who are playing in that international level at certain times of the year. But, but, no, and it's but a, sorry, Zumpo, knowing mm-hmm. knowing the workloads that the international cricketers have now, and you know, you said Kogiso Rabada looks uh, kind of off his level. Kogiso Rabada looks overworked and overbold to me. He bowls mm-hmm. an unbelievable mm-hmm. number of overs in all in all formats. Asking them to go and play domestic cricket as well is, uh, you know, it's the whole reason central contracts exist. You know, Virat, mm. you know, and you know, Virat Kohli hasn't played a, a Ranji Trophy game. I think since he since he debuted at uh, at Test <laughs> level, and you know, Anderson and Broad play a few games a year because they don't play one day cricket anymore. But guys like Root and guys like Butler uh, um, and other um, and other players who play all formats barely play any county cricket um, because there's just no time and it's 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 too much. And you know, Joffrey Archer probably won't play that much county cricket for the next several years because he'll be playing for England in all formats. Um, could South Africa introduce, uh, if you want to raise the level, uh, and this is something South Africa have done in the past, uh, overseas players? I don't think we can pay them. I mean, if we can't pay Kyle Abbott enough to stay home, you know, who, who are we going to mm. possibly get in? Other than, I don't know, second-tier Indian guys who can't who can't make their test side. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's probably where we'd have to have a look. Or, uh, or, young, look I mean, or young English cricketers looking to play some cricket over the English winter. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and But my point was that the way in which the four-day series is set up in South Africa is that there's a, a, they, they have an early season now in October, and then have a season towards 
from February onwards up until the mm. begin, end of March. So, so this is split and, by the Umzanti Super League? Yeah. Um, and the inbound tour. Mm. Um, oh, of for, course, for yes. Cricket. So my, 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 my point was, if, if you're not traveling to go to India in September, October, there is a place for guys who have been rested for that period, that, that June, July period, if you're not traveling to, uh, if you don't have a tour in that uh, period, for some guys, some pretty players to play. Obviously, everyone has a specific case. Um, or on the back end of that, inbound, of that inbound tour, there are some games where I think some players, even though you're centrally contracted, should be playing to give a little bit of a strength to the domestic side. Um, because uh, the question is, yes, retired players from international cricket should be playing for their franchises, but I don't see a franchise who will be willing um, to keep a, a, a former protege player in their ranks when you've got so many younger players wanting for uh, asking for an opportunity. Um, and to a certain extent, it is a timetable thing, and I do think the powers that be could make it work. We're not saying they must play every game, but what we're saying is that the level of our domestic cricket has dropped ever since a lot of the protein players have not been playing franchise cricket in a while. I remember there was a series when there was a time when Hashim Amla came back straight from England after he scored his 200 runs. Mm-hmm. Um, he moved from Durban to Cape Town and he missed the one week of the first week of, of, of the domestic season, but he played the following three mm. uh, weeks of, 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 of cricket. Graham Smith did the exact same thing and you missed the days when it was fuff playing against Lungi or with Lungi because they're in the same mm. franchise. But when 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 it was protein players coming up against each other with other people in the fringes to kind of, you know, strengthen that domestic level. The to, reason why domestic to, to raise players, the overall standard. Mm. Yes, and, and, and that's the that's the easy way you can do it if you're a cricket South Africa. Um Zanzi Super League's not gonna work. Uh, even though it is you are getting the protein players playing. But fundamentally, I do think we've kind of let the four-day game slide a bit and, and, and allow a certain fringe protea players a lot of liberties. Mm. You know, for today, like uh, today, Rassi van der Dissen scored 75 or 532 balls um, in, a, in a four-day game. Um, and yes, you could say the quality of bowling wasn't that great, but you know, some people learned a lot today from a guy who was the star at the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, one of the examples that's always struck me with the, the county system is um, you look at guys like Marcus Truscothic and uh, Alistair Cook, um, you know, who have finished their international careers and then still go back and play and play and play and play. Um, and I mean, the, the, the value of having guys like that uh, in the middle and in the dressing room and in the nets must be um, off the charts. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Alistair Cook has... Um has been scoring runs for, or some runs for Essex uh, since he since he retired from Test cricket. You know, since he gave up the captaincy, he um, stopped playing one day cricket. He used to play a few games for Essex. Marcus Truscothic is a slightly different, that's a slightly special case because obviously his international career ended for reasons that he, you know, it ended, um, you know, it ended rather than him wanting to end mm-hmm. it. You know, so it ended prematurely mm-hmm. for uh, because of his because of his mental health. Um, but yes, it it did mean that he was. Around on the on the county circuit in front of the thirteen years, and there's several generations of Somerset players who've learned a huge amount uh, from him. Um, but there are there. Well, I, I take your points on board on Bo, and it's interesting to hear you say that there there have been times where uh, um, where current 
to where current internationals have been part of the of the setup, which pre- presumably implies there can be um, there can be again. Um, it's uh, it's it's not so easy, and it's not something that can be um, that can be done in a in as blanket a way as as might be. It it seems to me that Faf is approaching the coal pack issue from the wrong end. It's not about it's not about the players, and it's not about kind of blocking their opportunities. It's about not giving them a situation where they don't have to to make the choice. And the only body who can do that is the ICC. I'm mm. we we've said on this sh- on Guerrilla Cricket on air and, uh, and on podcasts and uh, that and Jason Holder, the West Indies captain, has said it uh, too uh, that the ICC should be funding uh, player contact. There should be a a sort of minimum wage, as it were, for uh, or a minimum contract size for contracted players of certainly of full member boards um so that you it's a more equitable decision um the the so that Kyle Abbott or Dwan Lafier or whoever's coming up next uh doesn't have to choose between making a long-term career and setting up their families and mm. playing cricket for South Africa and probably the ECB can also change their regulations because there's no reason necessarily uh, in the legislation that a Colpac player can't play uh, international cricket, I think the ECB uh, are probably riding for a lawsuit, and uh, uh, we're, with that, and we've seen it in other areas as well. With uh, Paul Sterling, who's a who's a who's a British citizen, uh, having to choose to play for Ireland uh, over playing for Middlesex. The, the, so uh, the ECB aren't helping, and neither are the ICC. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. So I think you know, it's it would be fairly that, that would be an, an obvious place to fix it. Is um, is is to get you know get our guys playing playing county cricket and uh, and still being able to come back in the uh, the northern hemisphere winter and and uh, you know and play for the proteas or play for their their domestic franchise so there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do both um uh, yeah i was going to go somewhere else with that but i can't remember where where sorry <laughs> I that's a uh, that's a good a place to to wrap up the I was going to say South Africa portion, but it's really a South Africa podcast with a couple of extra, with one extra topic tagged onto the end, uh, really. But uh, uh, but yeah, it's not just South Africa where all is not rosy. So Fraz Ahmed, uh, uh, just over a week ago, was captain of, of Pakistan in all formats. The uh, the captain of the team that had international cricket come back to uh, Pakistan. Then uh, Musbaul Haq, uh, head coach and selector, picks a team. Uh, for the upcoming tour of Australia, and he's uh, not only not captain of the Test and T Twenty I formats, he's not even in the squad. Yeah, well, it wasn't a great surprise to me, to be honest. Uh, we watched a lot of him in in December, and I I was fairly vocal in my um my 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 lack of impress uh, with uh, with him. I, he he didn't seem to be a um, a particularly strong leader, and 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 I often felt he would come in with his team five down and in real trouble and have a hoik. Um, he never ever looked like he played a, a, a captain's innings, and if he hadn't been the captain, uh, you know, I would be expecting him to get the hair dryer treatment when he got back into the dressing room. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a great loss to to Pakistan cricket. But I think you expected it with the change in uh, management as well as um, in management in, in Pakistan in terms of the coaching staff. Um, I do think Mickey Arthur had a liking to Safraz. I think um, you, there, there's a lot to his uh, admin side of the game in terms of leadership and everything else that um, kind of helped um, Mickey Arthur run that Pakistan team. Um, Because 
outside of that, his batting performances have been on the decline for the past year and or so. Um, and so I, it I, wasn't... I, a- certainly in one day, in limited overs cricket, Sofraz has been... Uh, in one day cricket, Sofraz has, has not been has not been performing all of that energy and, and ability to um, kind of in that very wicketkeeper manager manner energize an inning seems to have long gone uh, mm. from his game. He he doesn't score boundaries. He doesn't rotate the strike enough. Um, he's um, he seemed to be a bit of a, uh, he was neither uh, a consolidator nor an aggressor in, uh, in that, in that Pakistan one day team. And uh, I've, I've seen his tactical captaincy or lack thereof, um, up close, we were when we were in Malahide watching uh, Ireland versus Pakistan uh, out there uh, as the as the official uh, the official commentators. Uh, I think it was on the third evening of that Test match when uh, excuse me when uh, when Kevin O'Brien and was going to his hundred. We counted uh, three field changes in four hours. I think is what is what we is mm-hmm. what we came up with. He does have that um, tendency to to let a game drift, but it's just it's the. Uh, so that I'm, I'm not saying there aren't valid valid reasons for it. Um, although Pakistan's T20 international uh, form has been very good, this is the first series they've lost in a in a very long in a, in, a, in a while. Uh, certainly oh. at home. I'm, so I'm not saying there weren't valid cricketing reasons for it, but the the swiftness of it and the um, and the the lack of sentiment was I think noteworthy I think noteworthy and uh, an interesting side of Mizbah flexing his muscles very early as uh, in that uh, in that dual role yeah and I think look I, I think Pakistan is a, a team that's on the cusp somewhat at the moment they um, they're, they're quite a young team um, they've they've really been playing in incredibly trying circumstances we we interviewed um, uh, one of the backroom staff uh, or guy, guys who had been part of the backroom staff and he said you know you forget that these guys are touring all the time because their their home games have been away as well, and um, and things like loneliness and homesickness are a real real problem with Pakistan of cricket. Of course, um, yeah, and and I think now that they're beginning to get some home games going again, they're going to get uh, you know some uh, get to be able to see the smiles of their of their home fans and you know hear hear comments yelled from the boundary in Urdu all of those sort of things and, and not, things and, not li- and not live out of a suitcase 11 months a year well exactly yeah so and i think that we're going to see a happier team um and i then hope i mean the fact that the guys have done as well as they have under impossible circumstances i really really hope that um that, that pakistan will be able to put their sort of internal politics which so often seems to hamstring teams um aside and really actually build this this golden generation that they've got into something quite special. The chances of any team putting aside their internal politics are very, <laughs> very slim, uh, wherever they're from. But uh, yeah, Mizbah was a huge part of uh, Pakistan's... Um, Pakistan, more than holding their head above water, they were, of course, test uh, test number one for a time under, under Mizbah. He was a huge part of, of keeping uh, Pakistan cricket alive and relevant uh, in in the years of exile, and uh, it remains to be seen uh, whether this uh, this surprises Pakistan uh, under Mizbah uh, will will be able to to do the same. As you say, they've got a lot of uh, very very talented uh, up and coming cricketers uh, in Barbarazan. They've got a guy they can build uh, a batting a, a batting lineup around in all formats for years to come, and in. Uh, Usman Khan, Shinwari, and Shaheen Shafridi, and Mohammad Hazanain, uh just to name three. Uh, they've got uh, some some fast bowlers to uh, for us to all to salivate over. Plus a couple more who've been picked for the uh, for the Australia tour. Uh, but, uh, with uh, with hopes that things pick up for 
for Pakistan. Uh, we bring to an end the Guerrilla Cricket Podcast for another week. Thank you uh, to Simon Gear and Mpoma Thawani for joining me. Thank you very, very much for having us. Yes, great. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you to producer John Stone. Remember, you can get the podcast on Patreon before uh, it goes live to the public at patreon.com forward slash gorilla cricket. You can sign up at any uh, membership tier uh, or donation tier in order to in order to get that. You'll get it uh, about 12 hours or more before it goes live to the general public. Uh, but uh, uh, if you are a cheapskate and you want to wait, uh, you can uh, get it on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or Podbean. Podbean, rather. Uh, please do uh, give us a rating, a review, and share the podcast. And uh, as trailed at the top of the show, uh, Pavel Florin, the Romanian uh, internet uh, cricketing superstar legend, got in touch with us and uh, requested. Uh, he, he clearly knows his stuff. He clearly knows his commentary services. He clearly does his research. He knows we do jingles, and uh, he wanted one, so we did. From the mind of Jeff Perkins, this is the Pavel Florine jingle. Goodbye. Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.